Hey everyone, this amazing ESO Network show is brought to you by our fine sponsor, Amazon.com. Please remember to shop Amazon for all your geeky needs, no matter what time of the year it is. All you need to do is go to ESOPodcast.com slash ESO Amazon, or click on the Amazon banner on the ESO Network webpage to go to our e-store. It's the best way to shop and the best way to support this program, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Okay, that's enough of me babbling for now. Now on with your regular scheduled show. Welcome to the 42 cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. I had prepared a whole long spiel to say today about how this was a special podcast because we were connected coast to coast and from north to south, and then one of the people that we were going to have on today dropped out. So we no longer have the southeast corner of the United States represented, but we still have the west coast, the uh, the uh, Midwest, and uh, the South represented today. So it's still uh, kind of a transcontinental podcast going on here. I don't like where this is going. I feel like this is all a lie. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. <laughs> We'll isn't, isn't everything a lie? <laughs> right. Yeah. Especially the cake. Yeah, the cake. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There'll be oh. cake after the podcast. <laughs> but anyway, um, so as you've already heard, uh, we have two returning guests this time. So uh, to start us off, uh, this is someone who uh, hasn't been on for a while, but we're always happy to have her on, giving her geeky spiel on things. She has the hair that launched a thousand ships, and that is my bestie and yours, Sam Cross. How are you doing, Sam? I'm doing okay. I'm uh, burning the candle at both ends at this point, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that things have been hefty for you right now. What, what's been going on in the Sam life? Uh, well, I'm now the kind of like part-time cord- uh, event coordinator for Outsider Comics and Geek Boutique uh, in, in Fremont, Washington. So you can always check their place out, and I'm I'm kind of helping with uh, trying to get more author events, and you know helping get more artists and writers and everything to to sell their wares um, as well. So we're we just did a, a an evening with David Walker, who if you're a comic book person, you know is the writer of uh, Power Man and Iron Fist and Shaft, the novelization. <laughs> um, so uh, also Nighthawk, uh, and yeah, so. Uh, we did that, and uh, yeah, just home life-wise, you know, it's, it's a full house situation going on right now, so it's it's a little tougher to, to find the time that you need. <laughs> so do you have an Uncle Jesse and Uncle Joey and all that? Um, well, I have an Uncle Jim. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but he doesn't live here. Uh, I also have an Uncle Alan, <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> Well, I was just I was just checking up on the full house situation. Well, yeah, it's mostly just it's it's me, my mom, my sister, and my nephew. So right, <laughs> it's big enough. <laughs> right, right, right. So so how is being an auntie? I love it. It's really awesome, and he's adorable. And yeah. <laughs> 
I was just thinking the other day, and I know I messaged you about it, that I was like, you know, Uncle Sam's getting, like, a little bit uh, old, you know? Like, they need to update things, so you could be the new mascot for the country. You could be Auntie Sam. No. <laughs> you don't like that one? Not really. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's not... I think, you know, don't knock it till you try the goatee on. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. Okay. <laughs> on the back of some of the very bottom of my bucket list there you go <laughs> all right well it's great to have you back sam always happy to be back <laughs> and uh the other voice that you heard you know him very well from appearing on this podcast all the time uh he is the man that you love to hate and that is my nemesis mr ryan how are you doing ryan oh you know it's a, another lazy sunday in houston mm. can't complain I mean, yeah. I can, but no one out there. Really, I mean, that for that you have to listen to my Ryan complains podcast. Okay. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a lot of fun. <laughs> Isn't that just like every podcast now? It's just complaining. Yeah. <laughs> you could you could cultivate a personality kind of like Lewis Black. Yeah. <laughs> you just Except to... mine. Well, he's complaining about like real world important crap and mine would be like i can't believe they cast this idiot <laughs> <laughs> well that's okay see what you're complaining about isn't the important part it's how much of a like tremendous rage you can get into while saying it that's the part that's funny so yeah. I, and that's that's probably the sad part because i really i can't even work up any real rage anymore I, now it's just like it's long suffering you know it's just uh, <laughs> it's indignation <laughs> Well, that but, might come up again as we get into our podcast for this week. Uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's good to have you back, too, Ryan. Good to be here. All right. Well, uh, since you're both veterans, you know what comes next, and that is five questions. And for anyone just joining us, five questions is just a way for us to have a little bit of fun and unwind before we actually dig into the topic itself. So... We'll start off with the first question here. Oh, and uh, let's go order uh, Sam then Ryan. <laughs> first, <laughs> middle child, my whole life. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Winning. <laughs> All right. So this one's fairly topical with recent developments. Captain America. <laughs> Captain America. Hydra stooge, or it's a trap. Uh, why? <laughs> Can I just say like? Answer C, Nick Spencer sucks. <laughs> it, it can be both. You know? <laughs> I hate everything about this whole timeline thing. Ugh, I'm just gonna go with it's a trap. There you go. Ryan? <laughs> It's like it, it, uh, it only works because I admire Admiral Akbar for his ability to state the obvious, so... There you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's just calamari. I'm on calamari thing, you know? It's what they do. They, they are seaborne creatures that fly through space, stating the obvious. Yeah. yeah. Can, can, can we also just uh, address the the fact that they're called the calamari? I mean, <laughs> yeah. The mon calamari. I'm okay. Never mind. It's George. It's, never. Again, the obvious. You know? Yeah. <laughs> space sushi. <laughs> I would eat that. <laughs> just like ordinary sushi, but in space. Best. <laughs> okay, Ryan. Uh, you know, I, I feel like. Even though they've Marvel has this winning formula in the movies, they're they're trying to see just how badly they can screw up their comics. You know, I mean, it's like the Snyder Snyder doesn't work on in the movies, but maybe it'll work in our comics. I, I don't know. I'm gonna go with it's a trap just because I've got to have some hope that there's a future beyond this. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, 
I feel pretty strongly that it's a trap. Uh, I think when all the dust settles, when, when the whole storyline comes to light, it'll turn out that there's been all sorts of temporal iterations and machinations, but originally, in the very first timeline, Captain America was a good guy, and there's gonna, it's gonna be like an onion, you keep peeling timelines away until you find the one where, oh yeah, in the original, you know, Cap was good. So, it's one of those things where I just feel like it's a cheat to, to generate drama, and because, mm-hmm. you know, they get controversy, they'll, they're hoping to get sales. And I think in the end it'll all shake. Because there's no way... I mean, I can't imagine that Marvel will just say that, yes, Steve Rogers has always been a Hydra agent. Well, it's similar to what the Doc Ock and Spider-Man's body type thing. I mean, it's... Mm. Yeah, it it went for, what, a couple of years, and then Peter came back, and it was whatever. I mean, that's that's essentially what gonna happen too because there's no way they keep cap a, a nazi basically well, i don't care what right. they say hydra and the nazis are the same damn thing right <laughs> well you know it's like admittedly i'm not reading this so maybe they have addressed it but the, the idea that cap has always been a you know a sleeper agent it doesn't add up with with his history how many times has he been the difference between victory or defeat for hydra and like Every single time he he took down the Red Skull, so that next time he could take him down, so that next time he could take him down, so that the, you know one hundredth time from now he could let him win. It, it doesn't work. It, it's the X Men universe. Like the, they don't understand how time travel actually works and how any of this stuff actually affects things. So it's like, yeah, it only affects this tiny bubble. Like, nope, that's yeah. not how quantum physics works. <laughs> Well, here, here's the thing, right, because I actually read up on this. It's so super convoluted because it wasn't a change to history, per se. It was a change to reality. That, it, but they're saying sure history is part of reality. Right, no, I know. Well, it's Generally, this weird thing. Yeah. It's the cosmic cue. All right, so so originally what they were saying was the Red I'm Skull... I'm dead now. I've died. Okay. I don't want to... <laughs> So the original story was, okay, the Red Skull took the Cosmic Cube and used it to create a version of Captain America that was as if he had always been a Hydra agent and basically supplanted our version with this version. But now what they're revealing and what's got people up in arms yet again is that this they're saying this was the original version of Captain America and that actually some of the allies got a hold of the Cosmic Cube in the original timeline and changed Cap to being a good guy and the Red Skull actually has restored him to his actual true state. So even though the rest of our world is that altered version, Cap is now back to his default state. And so, uh, like I said, this is going to be like peeling an onion. We're going to find out, but oh no, there was yet another timeline before that. <laughs> you know, it was, it's going to be oh, really no. stupid. Oh no, and then this other timeline where Jack Kirby got out of his grave and punched <laughs> face. I mean, yeah, exactly. Sooner or later, we can get to the timeline where, wait, Cap was a comic book character the whole time? You know? <laughs> well, Deadpool already knows that, so. Well, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. He revealed the, the mysteries of the universe to Cap, and Cap couldn't handle it. <laughs> yeah, needless to say, I don't think anyone... I don't think anyone is enjoying this, t- this storyline at all. And it's it's a convoluted mess on Marvel's part, and I... Well, the alt-right is enjoying it quite a bit, especially since he was holding Thor's hammer recently, so, you know. <laughs> there you go. Ah... Uh... Captain America, white nationalist. There you go. <laughs> All right, I gotta move along before I start crying. Um, Controversy. <laughs> okay. 
I don't think this one has ever come up yet. <clears throat> this was question one, by the way. Everyone. Yeah, this is question one. Yes, yes. I don't think this Four one. More. I don't think this one has ever come up yet. Sexiest woman on the Serenity: Inara or Kaylee? Uh, okay. Um. Uh, can I go with Shepherd Book? Okay. <laughs> no. I'll, um, I'll allow it just because I love Shepherd Book. <laughs> no, I'll pick a. I'll do an actual answer. Um, I always found Jewel State to be um, uh, very sexy in her own right. I don't know. I'm sorry, guys. I'm straight. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I, hey, I have. Hey, to, I've I, asked I, girls Marianne or Ginger too, and and guys have had to answer. Uh, you know, uh, um, Chris or Chris. Chris or Chris. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have something. I have a stake in that fight. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with Kaylee. <laughs> right, Zoe. Okay, well, yeah, okay. I... Um, but I mean, okay, if you're talking about the actual characters and you're limiting it to just those two, because you know, let's overanalyze this. Uh, <laughs> I, Kaylee had definitely the, the cute factor down, the adorable factor down, um, whereas I think Jewel State was sexier in other roles. Um, that she's played, but I just, I mean, Anara was a companion. I mean, she's professionally sexy, so you probably have to go that way. Professional sexy. <laughs> See, it's funny, because I actually, I found the whole idea of her being professionally sexy to be a turn-off, whereas Kaylee, just being a naturally sexy person, uh, I found to be a turn-on. So, for me, it's Kaylee all the way. I found it more genuine, mm. so I'll put it that way. That's because, oh gosh, I'm blanking on the actress's name. Morena Bakaran playing a companion who's playing sexy. You know, that you got you right. got meta levels of right. uh, acting involved there. <laughs> That's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Really layered. Yeah, exactly. In-depth performance. <laughs> like an onion. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, this was, I think, the first series that I'd seen Jewel State in. And of course, I saw her in Stargate after this. But uh, yeah, I kind of fell in love with her with Firefly. Oh, I should introduce you to a Nickelodeon show she was on back in the day where she played a girl from Saturn. Okay. I've heard of the space cases. <laughs> yep. She yeah. had rainbow colored hair. Yeah, my, a friend of my wife's was telling me about space case. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Alright, question number three. Better cartoon of the 80s, Thundercats or Silverhawks? We've had this question before. Have you? Yeah, I've had this question before and I didn't want to answer it then. Okay. (laughs) Is that because you don't know either show or... No, I know Thundercats, but I don't know Silverhawks well enough to really make a... A comparison, so I mean, I guess by default for me it would be Thundercats. Okay. <laughs> now, if you had Thundercats versus Biker Mice from Mars, then I would have a discussion with you. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've never seen Biker. I've heard of it, but I've never seen Biker Mice from Mars. Oh, it's amazing. It's okay. So <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I, you know, I, again, I'm. I kind of feel like maybe we've discussed this before, so I don't know what I said last time. So I'm in danger of contradicting myself here, which never happens, by the right. way. But, um, Let's go to the tape. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan's such a hypocrite. Play 241. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm going to say Thundercats as well. It's just, I mean, when you talk about the 80s, you think big hair, shoulder pads, you know, how you don't get any more 80s than that with Thundercats. <laughs> okay. Though none of them have shoulder pads? <laughs> They've got shoulders, though. Lionel, I'm sure he was, you know, stuffing 
That's not all natural. <laughs> How can you stuff your shoulders? His shoulders were bare. That's just muscle. You can't no, stuff that. Uh, uh, he was wearing a leotard or something. I don't know. They can do things. But your knowledge of Thundercats astounds me. Right? <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, how many times, you know, Thunder, Thunder, Thundercats, how many times do you have to say Thunder before the sword gets to the right size? Three. Seventy. See, yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, look, look, it works for Tootsie Roll Tootsie Pops, and it works for Thundercats, okay? (laughs) Wise Old Owl said three. (laughs) Wise Old Owl's a dick. (laughs) (laughs) That's a whole other podcast. All right. (laughs) <laughs> for for me it's Silverhawks I absolutely love Silverhawks and even though they are basically the same show except one is in space and the other isn't I don't know there's something about like the keytar in uh, Silverhawks <laughs> that like kind of just puts it a notch above Thundercats so, <laughs> you're some... basing it on an instrument <laughs> <laughs> Well, between the two of them, only one has a theme song with a keytar in it, so... <laughs> no, one of the villains it. has a keytar. Huh? <laughs> and, you know, Silverhawks did have a cowboy. That's you true. gotta give it that. <laughs> the style, yeah, sty- no, stylistically, I, I prefer Silverhawks just across the board. I think it has more style. But <laughs> anyway. That wasn't the question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, that's what I'm saying. With all, with everything else being equal, it's that's what puts Silverhawks over Thundercats. But I'm just saying, you know, I'm sorry. When I think of the '80s, I don't think, you know, style, <laughs> or, or rather, it's a specific style, which I still think is the wrong word. <laughs> I don't know. When I think of the '80s, I can't think of anything but style. <laughs> I don't think you're using that word right. <laughs> I was five it's, when it ended, so I don't think of anything when I think of the 80s. It's all big hair and shoulder pads. It's all style. I mean, it's... <laughs> Alright. Um, okay. I don't think... I don't think... I don't think I've ever asked you guys. I don't think this one's even come up. But number four. Better Boy Band. NSYNC or Backstreet Boys? Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Sam um, just smacked okay. me across the face. Uh, I was always a much bigger fan of Backstreet, actually. Like, I thought that mm. they just had better, like, overall singers. Like, everyone had their fair share, whereas in in Sync, it was basically just Justin and JC. Mm. That was it. The only one they really focused on. Whereas in Backstreet, everyone kind of got their moment to shine. So I'm going to go with them. All right. Yeah, I know absolutely nothing about this. I mean, very, very little. Um, just going from what my little sister was saying at the time, I think New Kids on the Block is the correct answer. But, um, <laughs> but if you want I, the 80s. Yeah. yeah, I was about to say, yeah, it's a decade out from what I'm asking, but sure, yeah. Um, okay, Their cartoon had... was amazing as well, so. <laughs> <laughs> just, all right, I'm going to go with in sync because they're more relevant their individual performers or one performer is more relevant today than anyone on backstreet i think do i have that right i think i have that right (laughs) (laughs) you know what i don't care (laughs) (laughs) and suddenly 98 degrees comes in and they're like what you talking about Uh, for me, <clears throat> it's it's Backstreet Boys, and even though I didn't follow either band really, sure, um, sure. Uh, I I preferred the Backstreet Boys because they had this awesome music video for everybody, where they <laughs> all did were doing like the Universal Monsters, and yep. I thought that that video was amazing. So 
to me that makes them cooler than the than NSYNC. <laughs> 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 For my very you need a Debbie Gibson versus Tiffany. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure that question's coming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alright, this one should be easy. Somebody told me to put this one in, and I was like, everybody's gonna go one way on this, but okay. <laughs> it's a question five. Who's the whinier punk? Anakin or Luke? Oh, Anakin. Huh. I don't like sand. Everyone doesn't believe me. I'm the greatest Jedi. <laughs> hmm. You know, you're just trying to find a reason to oh, be kind of. I mean, yeah, it, it's not that. I mean, Luke was pretty whiny. I mean, like, yeah, I know your planet with your family just blew up, but can you comfort me? That guy I met last week died. <laughs> no. So, I mean, <laughs> there, there is a little bit of whininess to Luke, but uh, I don't know. I, I think Anakin's whininess was just more annoying. You know? <laughs> I mean, think about Luke. Luke was a whiner, but I still liked him. I'd still hang out with him. He could still be buds. Mm. I wouldn't hang out with him again. No well, way. Like he's really a big whiner in the first movie. Like, the second and third, he kind of, you know, he matures a lot more. I mean, even when, the, when he's with Yoda and he's kind of complaining, it's not as harsh, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not shrill. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, and even like what you're talking about, Ryan, he didn't tell anyone to go comfort him. Leia does go over and comfort him. He's kind of sulking in the back, but he didn't know anyone who died on Alderaan. You know, I mean, but he saw his mentor die right in front of him. You know, so, you know, so he's going and sitting down and having a moment because he's processing, you know. So, it's not the same as, I don't like sand. (laughs) I'll make people believe in me. Oh, why doesn't uh, yeah. why doesn't Obi Wan like me? Uh, you know all that junk. I mean, you know, I, I think Luke wins by default because if you're so whiny, you, you kill a bunch of kids. You know that's a that's a new level. There's just no competition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not better Jedi than me. You're not. You know? <laughs> oh man, I'm the chosen one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that is another five questions successfully completed. And those arguments are forever done. Before we go into the topic for this week, let's pause here for a promo from another fine podcast. Hey, it's Rick and Sherry from the Life in a Kilt podcast. If you are a kilt wearer, a kilt lover, or simply like to gawk, come hang out with us every week on Life in a Kilt podcast. We discuss kilt life, regular life, and everything in between and underneath. We've got humor, interviews, sketch comedy, pop culture, beer reviews, even indie music. And we discuss it each week in a way that only we can. Well, only the way I can. Oh, hush. I discuss it so much better than Whatever. You. Anyway, discover the joys of kilt life without ever leaving the comfort of your own headphones. Kilts aren't required, but if you've got one, feel free to buckle up. That's the Life in a Kilt podcast with Rick and Sherry every week on the ESO Network. All right, we're back. And this week we're talking about something that I'm calling Streams Do Come True. And what we're talking about is 
If you're at all a Star Trek fan, you heard probably about a year ago that the new Star Trek series, Star Trek Discovery, was going to be exclusive to a streaming service that CBS was developing called CBS All Access. And at the time, it caused a little bit of a stir. You know, people talked about it. You know, a lot of people were sort of talking about, do we really need another streaming service, etc.? But, you know, things kind of died down. Well, in just the last week or so uh, from this recording, DC has also announced now that they're going to have their own exclusive DC-only streaming service. And what they're going to use as basically the promotion for this service or the the sort of hook to get people interested is that they're not only going to put the live-action Teen Titans series as an exclusive on this service, but also Young Justice Season 3. Now, there's a lot of ways that we can spin off from this, but I guess the first question I'm going to ask is, does anyone really want to pay for another streaming service? No. <laughs> I mean... I'm just going to lay it out there like that. Right. No. <laughs> and that's kind of one of my problems. I was just saying, I don't want to pay for anything. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, because I mean, you know, a lot of people are saying like, oh, we gave up cable or whatever because we're just doing like Netflix and Hulu and maybe some Amazon Prime. And it's like, and you start adding this up, you know, once you get CBS All Access, uh, you know, this DC service and all these other services, it's going to end up being just as expensive as cable. Oh, absolutely. Right. And so, you know, a lot of people are kind of frustrated about it just on that standpoint alone and so i you know one of the things that i wonder when you know this comes up is is there really enough of a market for it uh for everybody to have their own well i don't think that they're approaching it the way that they should be because if you look at like uh streaming services like hulu and netflix Mm -hmm. they didn't start with original content you know they started with you know oh here's all these television shows that you can't really watch anymore or Mm -hmm. here's a bunch of that uh, were previously unavailable and you had the streaming service, you had the DVDs. And then it was once they had the the numbers that could justify an original, you know, property, they that's when they started doing that. And they also do it in limited episodes. So they're not investing like in a full, like what we traditionally look at, like a 22 to 26 episode season. It's mm-hmm. based off of, you know, um, it's usually like an eight to 12 episode format, just depending on the show. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like, especially with like CW Seed or, you know, the All Access, you know, that, that stuff is all going like, hey, we're putting this new content on here right here, but you have to pay, you know, a different, you know, a, another bill basically just to watch it. And I don't think that there's enough people willing to do that, you know, without, you know, believing that there's something that's worth sticking around for, I guess. Yeah, yeah my just thought on it, it it's kind of, um, they're going to get a smaller audience, that's a given, but they're getting mm-hmm. a larger slice of, of a smaller pie. They get more profit from selling it directly than they would from selling it to another provider. I mean, the DC's material could air on any network, but they're not making what they would make selling it directly to you. So there, there's some there's math involved in this and their math says that even if they only get a fraction of subscribers, it's enough to to justify it. And since it's content you're already familiar with, that helps. I don't, I don't think you could launch with a, you know a brand new universe, a brand no one's going to pay money for a, a service of something they don't already know. 
Yeah, there's a couple of things, though, that I think are going to end up being problematic because once people see, you know, because at first it was, you know, okay, CBS. CBS has been around for, I don't know, probably 70 years or more. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's a ton of content that CBS can put out there of programming that they have in their back catalogs. And so, you know, paying a monthly fee for that, you know, there will be people who are, who are interested in that to watch things that they can't watch, especially since CBS has pulled their content from Netflix and Hulu. I'm pretty sure they've pulled everything. So CBS All Access is the only way to see their stuff. But you look at DC. I mean, DC has had some media presence for quite a while but you know they got a lot of animated stuff but otherwise it's i mean what do they have like lois and clark the 77 (laughs) wonder woman series i mean and how many of those things do they own the full rights to that they could make exclusive on their service and so i'm really wondering where dc thinks that they're going to be able to justify getting people to pay other than with titans and young justice as a prop you know, to to say, well, you've got to pay to watch these things, which are popular right now, or the Young Justice is popular and hot, that, you know, everybody wants that show to come back. And, hey, here's this new Berlanti series, and, you know, a lot of people watch those, so, you know, give this a try, too. I don't know. It's... I... I feel like if other people jump into this boat, it's going, the, everybody's going to sink. You know, if, if like Marvel does their own streaming service and every network ends up doing their own streaming service, they're going to all kind of sink rather than having a viable media that a lot of people use. We're, we're in the, the early stages of this change. And I, mm-hmm. I can get to it later, but I do think there's a limiting factor, which hasn't been discussed. But we're yes right now everyone's doing it individually in piecemeal and yes it, you only the these providers only only need to make minimal amounts of money for it to work but yeah you're right when when you've got four or five maybe people are do it when you've got 10 or 15 people have to start to have to pick and choose and that's where i sooner or later someone's you're going to get the bundling you're going to get the cross promotion you're going to get the you know if you've got cox cable or cox internet you can also get your hbo go and your uh, cbs all access free with that so there's going to be they're going to find a way to make it work or or it's going to fail i mean but i wouldn't be at all surprised if sooner or later any couple of years you will you will have that bundle package of services that you can buy so just out of curiosity, uh, obviously we don't know the price point at this time, but assuming it's about the same as the CBS one, which is like nine ninety nine a month, would either of you pay for the DC service to be able to see uh, the Teen Titans show and Young Justice? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I would probably have to wait until I saw any trailers for the two shows, mm. because... I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved Young Justice, but you know, if that's the only, if that's going to be the only selling point, and if Titans doesn't look good, then it's like, so I'm shelling out ten bucks a month for a service that's providing two shows that are just going the same way of like Gotham, you know? <laughs> that doesn't sound appealing to me, and I gave up real quick on Gotham. So, <laughs> yeah, for me, it's a flat out no. I mean, to be fair, I. I not as hardcore a fan of the DC animated universe as I am of their live action stuff. So that's part of it. But also it's just, we live in a renaissance of good programming. It's everywhere. And you just have to pick and choose. I can't, I mean, yeah, it's great that CBS all access is going to have their whole library available. I would 
love to be able to go back and watch some reruns of stuff, but I don't even have time to watch the new stuff that's right. coming out. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I can't. It, um, I, I'm, I don't have stars and American Gods is is out, and I want to see that like crazy because you know, great book. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna start a, another subscription just for one show. I, I'm, I've, I kind of, with the exception of Star Trek Discovery, I think I've reached maximum capacity at the moment. But then I still have cable. But you will get the CBS All Access for Star Trek Discovery when that debuts. Uh, yes. Although, again, I think a lot of it is going to depend on how they release them, whether they're going to do it in blocks or you know all at once or weekly. But yes, I'm going to do it, damn it. Well, they've already <laughs> said they're going to defeat people who think that they can just buy it for a month, binge it, and, and then not pay for another month. That they're going to release it in such a way that you've got to pay for it over the course of several months which i assume dc is going to follow the same model because if you look at it that's the only real incentive for these services is the new content i mean like you said yeah there might be some nice reruns on cbs or you know might want to you know watch the old uh, batman 66 or whatever in the dc streaming show service or whatever but those those aren't enough of a justification for people to shell out money for months right they can just buy the DVD sets of whatever content, and it'll be less cost overall. It's the new content that people want, so I suspect that DC will do the same thing. They'll make sure that only a few episodes are available at a time, or even maybe one episode's available at the time. You'll have to watch that one, and then they'll replace it with another episode, so that you have to keep on shelling out to watch the whole season. I'm just not sure how that would work in the end, once the whole season is over. When the whole season is over, do they only have the last episode available? I mean, are they not going to have the whole series available? That's like the shows that Hulu gets. That's how they do it now. Um, they'll have six episodes available uh, for any current series. And as the s- season progresses, they'll knock the last one off and put a new one on. And then once the season is over, when you're waiting for the next season, it's only the last six episodes of the season that are available on Hulu. And so my suspicion is it's going to be a model similar to that. That's their content, though. I mean, or that's their that's the content that they buy. That's other people's uh, content. Mm-hmm. How, how is it for Hulu's content, their original programming, is that what they do for themselves as well? No, Hulu and Netflix both, when it's their own content, put all the episodes up so you can watch them all together, but Hulu and Netflix were already, so this is going back to Sam's point, they were both established long before the original sure. content came, so they figure that the incentive for people to use those services is not the new content exclusively. So they feel a lot more confident in just dropping a whole show, realizing that people are going to keep paying for their service because of all the other things that they can watch on them. Well, I mean, I know just... I, it was my understanding, Elite, I haven't done... Um uh, Handmaid's Tale. I'm going to check that one out. But when I started watching it, I never finished. I forgot to go back to it. The James Franco one, the time traveling one on Hulu, mm-hmm. they were releasing that weekly, and then I lost track of it because it was re- weekly. I couldn't binge it. It didn't. I, I've kept forgetting to go back to it. So if I were to go back to Hulu right now, would they still have the whole series there, or would I only be able to get like the last three? Yeah, you know, I am talking as if both of them are the same. I only know for a fact with Netflix that they dropped the whole ah, series. Okay. So yeah, I don't. I, I've never watched an original show on Hulu, so okay. I've only used Hulu to watch episodes I've missed on other things. So, but another but another aspect of this, you know, that plays into this is what I've heard a friend say is basically like, well, you know, I'm not going to pay for this because as soon as the episode airs, somebody's going to put it on the internet, 
So I that think that is also true, <laughs> right? And so that's you're going to see a lot of because Star Trek is so. I mean, especially with Star Trek, more so than Young Justice and Titans, even though they have their following. Star Trek is so big that I don't know how CBS thinks they're going to be able to get away with having this exclusive service because bootlegging is is going to happen. I mean, I don't I don't see any way they can stop it from happening. Um, there are all sorts of ways to do it. I mean, even to the low tech, someone can point a camera at their TV, even if they've defeated every other option. So, I don't I, I don't see them making a ton of money off of doing this. I'm I'm not so sure. I mean, um HBO would brag about how how much Game of Thrones was pirated around and and shared. So, I mean, I can only speak for myself because I, I won't even sneak food into the movies. Uh, <laughs> I, I buy the food there or I, I don't eat, you know? So mm. for me, I, I've, with one exception, because it was completely unavailable to get in the U.S., I've never watched anything bootleg or pirated. So uh, if I hear about how something's being shared and how great it is, that would be – that word of mouth is enough for me to go, well, maybe I will go subscribe for a month and watch the first couple episodes and see what it is worth. So there's that word of mouth. Maybe, maybe they're losing – maybe it's 90% pirated and 10% people who are actually paying for it. But you've got to have a certain threshold of people paying for it to provide that original content. So me personally, I will pay for it so that way they will have the money to make more stuff. No, that's a good point. I mean because I, I don't – pirate also because i feel like if something is worth watching that i want the money to go to the content provider to make more so that it doesn't get canceled right but i am not i'm so worried about star trek discovery at this point that i'm not <laughs> sure it's going to be worth watching <laughs> you know that show we were talking about was going to be so cool well this is the kind of dumbed down version of that so right <laughs> Yeah. Well, my favorite part, and I don't want this to get off into the Star Trek Discovery podcast, but my favorite part was, this is going to be a completely original series about, you know, some aspect of Star Trek that we don't know anything about. It's going to go in completely new and bold directions, and then it's like, oh, we're going to announce a recasting of Sarek, Amanda Sefton, Harry Mudd. It's like, what? what happened to the new, bold, you know, going off in totally new directions thing? Not only are you setting this way in the past where you can't really go anywhere all that new, but second of all, you've got a whole bunch of returning <laughs> characters. What? What is this? <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like there's a bit of a bait and switch. Uh, I think you can do both. I think you can have some... I don't think Enterprise did it well, but I think you can have some fan service and still have original um, programming as well. I mean, they can have Harry Mudd in one episode. They can have Sarek in the pilot. Mm. And then, bam, they're off to their own thing. Yeah, but it still smacks to me of a need to try to entice people in, not because the content is good, but because, hey, look at the stunt that we're pulling by pulling in these established characters. Well, and that's similar to what, you, I mean, you could say that that's what, you know, uh, WB and DC are doing. I mean, they're like, hey, everyone really loved uh, Young Justice and because the numbers were so great on Netflix. I mean, that's what that's mm -hmm. what basically got it th a third season was because of how many people were watching it on Netflix. And so they're banking on that. And then the Titans, because you had the previous Teen Titans cartoons mm -hmm. that, you know, they they probably think are going to bring in, you know, not only the kids' interest, but the, the, the parents and everything. So they're, they're trying to bank on the titles in a, in a way that doesn't maybe justify what the content's going to be. Yeah, that's a good point. If the end goal is in some way to like produce more, you know, DC oriented stuff, that's great, but I really feel like they're they're putting the cart before the horse, you know? Mm -hmm. It 
this should really be a situation where you're like, okay, maybe start a certain, you know, if you want to start another service, start one where it is all DC content, like get all of your shows and do kind of like what CBS did and, and put them in one spot. So people have access to all of this stuff, you know, and get them on board with that first. And then like, slowly build into you know original content because they have to trust that you know i I don't know it's like with with netflix you you kind of just trusted that uh, you know the the they they understood what the audience wanted to Mm -hmm. a degree and then when they started doing the original stuff they were you know it wasn't like huge swaths of episodes it's like okay let's experiment with this let's get some people and let them do what they want to do and that's where the money started following was that people started to look at Netflix and go like, oh, they're letting creators, you know, write the the shows that they want to write, the directors direct the way they want to direct it. You know, they're not limited as much as they are like on cable television um, or, you know, regular TV. So again, it feels like WB and, and DC, CW, whatever the hell you want to call them now, like they're they're doing the same thing with the, with the streaming service as they're doing with their movies. Yeah. I, I do want to give just a moment of silence though for... Young Justice Season 3 on Netflix, which, you know, was the original rumor that I so wanted Mm -hmm. to be true, and yeah, I feel like that would have been such a better way to go. Yeah, well, they they just don't want to compete with Marvel anymore. Again, like, they they think that it's going to be a direct competition with Marvel. It's like, it's not really a competition, guys. We all just want to enjoy the content. Yeah. (laughs) But you you were saying, right? Well, I was just going to say that, to go back a little bit there to Sam, what Sam was saying, is I think it's easier for CBS to pull everything and consolidate it because they've had their channel outright. Mm-hmm. You know, DC and the WBB, they don't have... Even uh, the CW is a joint endeavor. I mean, it's half Warner Brothers, half actually CBS, I think. Yeah. Um, so they they've, don't have... They can only go forward with new creation. And then as they get the rights and contracts expire and so forth, they can start moving stuff, populate it with whatever they want. So they've got to start somewhere. And they're starting on small they, they don't have that advantage that cbs does and that when it finally happens and it's going to when disney launches their you know online streaming mm-hmm. streaming service then it's going to get real well there's two concerns i have with this because yeah i thought the same thing now disney's going to do the exact same thing and concern number one is you know do i want another streaming service and concern number two is what does that do to netflix and hulu when these guys say well we're doing our own streaming yeah. service so now we're going to pull all of our content off of your service. So like suddenly Netflix and Hulu become gutted, you know, as, as more and more people pull their stuff away. And I don't know what that means for like the co-productions that Netflix and and Marvel are doing uh, with the, the the TV shows with the defenders stuff. So yeah, yeah. I've already thought about how this could go south pretty badly for us who just want to watch the content. (laughs) (laughs) But then to, uh, well, just to argue with myself, there disney's in an odd position probably i mean one of the reasons maybe they haven't gone forward with this is because unlike warner brothers they do have they have multiple channels mm-hmm. they have abc they have freeform you know they've got disney kids or the disney channel or whatever you know they've i don't know how many channels they have but they have a crap load of channels out there yeah so if you want to look at they would literally be competing with themselves if they mm-hmm. did that so that might be part of their hesitance well, they're pretty decent. I think that they also understand that having the the content that they do have on Netflix already is is only just going to bring in the bring more money. And like if they separate it and try to do their own streaming service, I think it would be kind of. I I think for them in terms of money, it's not going to be a huge loss. But I think in terms of reaching 
you know, the audiences that they want to, that might deter them because there's nine, like last time I looked, there was 95 million people subscribed to Netflix. Yeah. And, and it's just like, yeah, maybe if you pulled all, you know, if you could actually manage to pull all of Disney stuff into one service, I don't know if you would still get that same amount. I think that having it on Netflix is the best choice just because you already know that there's a whole crap ton of people who are watching this stuff, you know? Mm. But again, they, they might not have the same amount of people, but how much more dollars per person do, do they get? You know, you pay, what, $10 a month or whatever it is in Netflix now. What does Disney see of that versus if you pay $10 a month at Disney, they're going to see it all. And you've got all your the print the cartoons you've got marvel you've got star wars you've got indiana jones i i I mean i think i would sign up for a disney one that would be yeah that would happen well yeah i mean especially now that disney owns both marvel and star wars like the incentive for a disney because disney is now more than just you know the the kiddie stuff it's you know so many (laughs) large franchises are are part of that umbrella now so yeah i i could I, i would be more interested in a disney streaming service than a dc only streaming service I know, but it, it's just for just for me. It doesn't it, it doesn't make as much sense because they've already got so many irons and so many fires that they are never going to lack for a property to make money off of. So even like bringing it into their own service, I think is actually going to lessen the amount of people that they can actually reach. You know, with mm. that content. Whereas well, if they keep it out the way they do, then it's just more and more money coming in. Yeah, and Ryan, even though you're saying that they get to see all the dollars, when they run their own streaming service, they've got overheads that they don't have now as well. Sure. So it's not necessarily a, uh, you know, oh, we're going to make, you know, twice as much money or whatever, because they have to start paying for their own servers and their own maintenance of those servers and everything else. So I don't know how the money all shakes out when that happens, but the profit isn't, it's not all profit if they switch to, oh, yeah. you know, there's, there's there's money they have to sink in there too, so. Granted, it's not all profit, but I'm st- sure it's still more profit than they make from Netflix. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm sure it's more. Uh, the question yeah. is, I'm how sure much is it worth? Right? That Disneyland makes more profit than Netflix. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, it's whether or not yeah. the amount of profit that they would get more would be worth what Sam's talking about with the you know less reach. The, which I don't yeah. know enough to, to be able to say that. Yeah, well, I mean, this is all why they conjecture. Didn't, you know, when you when they bought like Lucasfilm and Marvel, they didn't, you know, immediately come in and be all like, okay, we're changing everything. They're like, no, 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 no. We want you to keep doing what you're doing because we just want to make that sweet money that you're making. Right. So it's like, as long as you guys are doing this and it's working for you, we're not going to touch it. Like, and and so I think that. It goes back to a streaming service like, hey, this is doing really well over here, and we've got all this other stuff that we're making money off of. Fine. Keep it. We don't care. But, yep. but, but they did kind of change everything. I mean, Lucas, no, there's not going to be a third trilogy. Disney, yes, there is. Oh, we're also going to have individual movies between it. We're going to cancel this series, but start. we're going to cancel Clone Wars, but start Rebels. I mean, they did go in and change everything. They just did it in such a way that made the fans happy. Well, yeah, Marvel, I think, is a better example because Marvel already had everything already established and was already going full stream ahead, and they have been hands-off from everything that I've been reading. Feige's bas- they're basically like, Feige, you know what you're doing? Keep doing it. Yeah. yeah keep on keeping on, bro. <laughs> right. And, you know, Perlmutter, there's the door, you know. well well you know getting back to the five questions thing you know trump was praising perlmutter and then you know captain america becomes a hydra agent i'm just like wait a minute 
<laughs> Wait a minute. Are these things all related? No, no. But, um, you know, one thing that they keep thinking about with all of this is that, you know, Paramount's already tried this before with the UPN network, which granted was a, was a television network, but it was the same idea. We'll have Star Trek as a prop for our new network. And we don't care. We'll just throw a bunch of crap on the screen for the rest of it. And people will come for Star Trek, and that will be enough of a, you know, draw to keep this thing afloat. And where's UPN now? It doesn't exist. And so it that's kind of... With the WB. Right. You know, I mean, to me, it's like, I don't know. I think that CBS, Paramount, whatever you want to call them, Viacom... I don't know, uh, they, they haven't learned their lesson, because I don't think that this works when you just have one thing as your prop to, uh, you know, bring the, the crowds in to, whether it's a television station or a streaming service, I don't really think, I mean, heck, television station, you don't even have to pay any money for, and it wasn't enough to bring people in to justify the station. So, well, that's, I, I don't, I don't know that they can, I don't know that they can pull this off. To be fair to CBS All Access, we, we are kind of showing our genre bias here because they, they also had or will have or did have the Good Wife spinoff on um, CBS All Access, more mm-hmm. original content. So they, they were aiming for more than just one market in a way that UPN never did. Yeah. Didn't they also have that like NCIS or CSI? <laughs> <laughs> SVU or SV. No, I mean seriously, it was it was like a cyber based like CSI or whatever, and you just completely misunderstood exactly how computers work. CSI Fairbanks, CSI Guam. If they can just put another city at the end. There's only so okay, many songs you, you know what, though? I, I still prefer the CSI stuff to Chicago Med, Chicago Fire, Chicago PD. <laughs> I, I'm still waiting for Chicago Post Office, you know? It's... <laughs> You've just given them the idea, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Chicago Veterinary Hospital. Uh, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Chicago Modeling Chicago School. Chicago Food Bank, yeah. I mean... <laughs> yeah. But, no, I, I, I don't know. To me, it seems like it's history repeating itself. Um, you're right, though. I mean, there's other, there's other content that they're putting on CBS All Access, but does it have anywhere near the following that Star Trek does? No idea. Probably not. <laughs> right. I mean, Star Trek is like the own, like is like the uh, 11 million pound gorilla that Disney doesn't own. Right? Yeah. So, and if only they did. Oh, oh yeah. No. <laughs> it's like the one franchise they need to rule the world. If only we yeah. had Star Trek too. Yeah, but um, I mean, every studio tries to create a franchise except Paramount, and they've got Star Trek. Right. I can't figure it. You know? <laughs> well, you know, before Disney bought Marvel, Marvel had the deal with Paramount that Paramount was going to be the the backing for all their uh, MCU movies. But then huh. Disney bought them, so, you know, that fell through. Or they, they got out of the contract, basically. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will say, then, to, uh, my, my opinion is that there is one limiting factor that, we, that no one's discussed here. I mean, they, they want to compare these streaming surface, services to, like, um, cable channels and, and so forth, like we have. Mm-hmm. But when you ordered cable the cable guy came out and installed the cable for you and you got it. All these streaming services are still have to come over your internet, which you still have to pay separately for. And that's, I think going to end up being the bottleneck because cable services aren't going to, this is going to be a lot of bandwidth. You know, this is going to take up a lot of work on their part. So they're just going to, so why are you having to pay for more and more services? 
internet rates are going to go up and up at the same time. And I think that's going to limit it more than anything else. No, that's a good point. And actually, a cable provider is who provides my internet also. So, there you, you know, there's sort of a <laughs> sort of a conflict of interest, interest for you not to do it. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, no, that's 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 a very good point on that. Uh, yeah. Smallville. Yeah, there you go. If, if they put Smallville onto the, their DC one, I think that might get a few more people as well. That still has a cult following I don't understand. Mm, mm-hmm. Put all the Justice League cartoons. But <laughs> You know, I still think it's really bizarre that they would do a DC-only streaming service. When you think about the fact that Warner owns DC, why wouldn't yeah. it be a Warner streaming service that has DC content as part of it, but I've read the articles and I've looked for it. They all say a DC only streaming service. Now, maybe whoever first reported on this got something wrong or interpreted something, uh, you know, differently than it was intended. But I don't. Uh, to me, it seems like it would make a whole lot more sense if Warner would take all their content and put it on a streaming service because then you open yourself to a lot. I mean, then it's. You know, uh, not only all the Warner films, you've got all the Looney Tune cartoons, Animaniacs, you know, there's all those sorts of other things that they could put on there, which would sort of justify better, you know, having a streaming service because you'd pull in a lot more people with a lot more interests. Um, whereas mm-hmm. DC only seems like a very niche, you know, market. Now, again, I'm, I'm saying yeah. all this assuming it's going to cost about the same as a lot of these other ones. Maybe the DC-only streaming service is only going to be like two bucks a month or something. Because yeah, they know well, they have less con. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's doubtful. <laughs> Especially if they're yeah. sinking in money into developing new shows. They're, they're going to have to see that money come back to them somehow. And if they're not going to be on commercial television... Well, that doesn't mean they can't include advertising in the streaming... I mean, Hulu does it. Right. Yeah, so they, they'll find a way to get their money. My favorite part about the commercials on Hulu is that you'll see the same commercial within the same brain. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah like four times. Okay, right. I get it. <laughs> Remember how much you love this commercial? Well, here, see it five more times. Right. It's like whatever algorithm runs to decide what commercials to show, like, it'll show the same commercial. Like, it'll be the commercial, a different commercial, and then for the third commercial, they'll show the first one again. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I didn't see this enough already. But, uh, yeah. Well, you know... In case you ran away the first time, I guess. I don't know. But, you know, one of the justifications that they use to you know, mentioned about, or that they used to, to, to say that, you know, this is why we need a streaming service, is that CBS had this whole, like, statement prepared where they're like, well, you know, uh, science fiction, like Star Trek, doesn't really work on network television. And I'm calling them out on this one. <laughs> because not only had there been three very successful Star Trek series on network television, there is all the sci-fi and genre content you can shake a fist at nowadays. Mm-hmm. Especially when you include cable into the mix. There's all these venues. Oh, I was just going to say, if they amended that statement to say sci-fi doesn't work on the big three, I, I would see where they're getting with it. Um, because everything you're saying happens, you know, happened on another, on non-CBS, NBC, uh, ABC show or network because they have a higher standard of ratings this is i mean look at powerless or i mean there you just need it needs to be a success right out of the bat and get and have like another zero behind it than what the cw needs right no and i understand that but i mean that's they they said network television 
So, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> maybe they mean the big three. I don't know. But a lot of people are even saying, or even go to something like HBO or Stars, um, where if it's like, okay, well, you want to do something edgier than they'll allow on network television uh, or regular cable, you know, you could put your content on those networks those providers you know and and you can have whatever show that you want basically so i don't know do you really feel like streaming is necessary for people to get better quality entertainment um i think it's the future i don't know that i think it's necessary <laughs> yeah because i mean I, i'll be the first to say netflix has a lot of really good shows on it yeah. but i don't think that that's the only place where you can get quality entertainment Certainly, the one thing, the funny thing is the one argument that I felt like CBS should have given that they didn't was that they get to control it and they don't have to answer to anybody else. And so the content, uh, you know, more uh, authentic to their vision. Um, and that, that, that line of conversation never came up, mm. which kind of worries me also that they don't really have a vision for Star Trek <laughs> Discovery. No, they have the, it's the 50th, we have to come out with an announcement. <laughs> Oh, and now i'm hoping we'll get it by the 60th right? <laughs> yeah now they've stopped just announcing dates yeah because they missed their second date and they're still announcing cast members and it's like okay yeah <laughs> it'll come out sometime in the next 20 years yeah i you can definitely get some quality out of streaming but i don't know that it's a one-for-one one. because i mean i would even say that while netflix has some great shows have you, have either of you watched any uh, movies on Netflix that are produced by Netflix? Um, not yet, no. Not really. If I, if I have, I was unaware. <laughs> I watched the sequel to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which was uh. on Netflix, which was a Netflix original movie. It was awful. <laughs> I mean, it, it was really bad. And I love Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. <laughs> but it was so cheaply made. <laughs> that it was it was la- i mean it was like the worst of you know like like kung fu movies instead of like the really polished beautiful production that crouching tiger and dragon was mm-hmm. it was it was it was painful to watch hmm. so i'm not sure streaming in itself makes for a good product they also have that deal with adam sandler so oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, well that that's it that had adam sandler in it so you know <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't bother watching any of those. That just goes to show. I mean, there's a market for everything. You know? <laughs> and we're joined right now by uh, a gentleman that I met through Sam. Uh, he is, if you like our theme music, he is also the reason why we have it because he connected me with the composer. And that is Jason Padua. How are you doing, Jason? Hi, guys. I'm good. How are you all? Doing good. So since this is your first time on the podcast, Jason, why don't you just say a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, I used to be like a regular professional nerd, (laughs) and I did a bunch of these things and even coaxed Sam into our world for a long time, and we used to podcast primarily about DC and Warner Brothers, uh, Mm, much to our own chagrin. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And... um, yeah, and so now I don't get to do that as much, but I'm still on the internet doing random things from time to time when Sam coaxes me out of my hole. So, <laughs> Okay, well, <laughs> it's good to have you on board, Jason. Thanks, I appreciate being here. Yay! All right, yeah. What are your thoughts about 
you know, all these different, uh, you know, groups sort of exploding out with their own streaming services. Yeah, so I think it's a bit of a mixed bag, right? Mm-hmm. CBS is a disaster. Right. The the CBS All Access, their refusal to buy into other streaming services, because I really, CBS was the one who started this whole, mm-hmm. we're not going to get behind the streaming service thing, and so we're just going to come up with our 15 of our own streaming services mm-hmm. that made it okay for this to be a deal, to be a thing. Because like HBO did it as well and stars and others, but you can kind of, you can kind of give them a pass because they've been premium channels for so long. We, we kind of, we're used to this idea of paying extra for those services, but CBS coming along and doing it was kind of the first, like, well, we're going to make a thing out of this. And so I, I, I perpetually hate and boycott CBS for exactly this reason. Like I stopped watching 90% of their programming for exactly this reason, which is why I'm so glad Supergirl is no longer on CBS because it was like a perpetual ethical dilemma. Um, and so now we've got the, the interesting thing about the, the DC one is that Warner Brothers already has several streaming services. Mm-hmm. I think the positive here is that Warner Brothers has listened to the fans and understands the desire for these shows to happen. Now we don't know what Teen Titans is going to be like. I think most people were positive about the concept and cast, mm-hmm. but TNT, like you know, foregoing the pilot was was a bit of a an indicator that maybe it's not so great. But DC has said, "Look, fans want this. Clearly, we've been clamoring for Young Justice for years, mm-hmm. and so it's good to see them listening to the fans and doing something to get these shows out to us. The fact that they could not work it out with um, Netflix, and then on top of that, they're not using the streaming services they already have. Which again, the reason why CW shows aren't on Hulu is because CW didn't want to pay the you know pay to you." work out the details with hulu and now they have their own streaming service for that as well mm-hmm. is a bit of a mess in my opinion and so now we have multiple streaming services even for the same company this is where it becomes a bit of a endless pitfall well here's the thing to me that makes it comp- different though is that you know while some of these networks have their own streaming services and whatnot they're playing content that has already been broadcast either over cable or over the airwaves where now we're moving into this era of these networks having streaming only content uh you know star trek discovery titans young justice where there is no television option for those shows and while hulu and netflix and even amazon prime were already doing that those were sort of new services that were already established. Sam's been talking about how, you know, they did this a different way where they established their services with previous content from other providers. And only after they had already established themselves, did they say, Hey, we're going to also create our own original content. So they already had the audience already there. They already had people who were invested in those services. And, you know, so my concern is more of the nature of, you know, once CBS and DC do this, you know, the proliferation of, you know, more and more people getting into this, oh, we got to have our own streaming only content and jumping into that bandwagon that will, you know, make it untenable for people's pocketbooks. Well, I mean, we have a use case exactly for this scenario, right? How, how many of us are watching the CW seed? 
because that is ex- exactly that. It's the streaming service for online-only CW content. Mm-hmm. And outside of us all going and watching the Vixen series, how many people are watching any of the other content on it? Additionally, we've had other services like this. What was the one that um, Community did their last season season on oh, the yeah. Yahoo one? Which, I mean, was Yahoo and was a disaster. Like, mm-hmm. I still don't know how Community ended because I just couldn't bring myself to turn that service on anymore. It was, it was terrible. <laughs> so, I mean, we have use cases, and you're absolutely right. There is this proliferation issue where we already watch so many streaming services i mean thank goodness for verve because if i ha- if i actually had to watch all the streaming services that i get all of my likes um geek and sundry and CISO and all of those things from mm-hmm. if i had to watch them separately it would be a nightmare and so thank goodness verve is on my playstation and i can watch that because these shows are the, the proliferation problem is duplicatively ish- issued or you know, multifaceted in their issues. One, I've got to subscribe or pay attention to so many services. Mm. And it's only because I'm so passionate about so many of these properties that I'm taking the time and effort to do that. Most people simply are not going to do. Right. I mean, because you already brought up Vixen, which is in a universe I am heavily invested in. You know, I watch all the Berlanti shows, but I'm not even bothering to watch Vixen. Uh, I know it's out there. I it's just more effort than I want to go to to, to get CW. And it's phenomenal. And, oh, is like, it? It's it's terrific. It's mm. prob. It's it's as good. It's as good a piece of content as anything out of the rest of the D- the Arrowverse mm. it, because it has everything that we like about the Arrowverse infused with a DC animated universe feel. Mm. So it is. It's really good stuff, and people just don't watch it because oh, I got to go remember to pay attention to this other streaming service. But would you pay for it? No. No, not at all. <laughs> this, this is the other problem. It's not even close. I don't, Why would you even ask that? That's a stupid question. <laughs> I, don't, I don't pay for anything else. I mean, thank goodness Verve let, lets Dragon Ball Super be free, because if I actually had to pay for that, I'd be devastated. Now, I, I, because I'm already paying for Amazon Prime mm-hmm. and Hulu, and Netflix, and of course, I because I'm a snob, I pay for the upgraded Hulu, so I don't have to watch commercials. Because <laughs> heaven forbid. I mean, that's that right there. Put that on top of cable, because I I went without cable for a number of years, but my kids can't go without cable quite the way I can. You know, I've, I'm paying two hundred dollars for television, and I don't even watch that much television. Right. Well, you know, it's one of those things that I think about too, because you know, Amazon does its shows differently, where you've got to pay. For the C, you know, you don't just pay and then get. I mean, there is some content you get from Amazon Prime, but then for additional content, you got to pay for whole seasons of shows. And it's like, you know, everybody's raving about the the new Tick series coming on Amazon, and I'm like, yeah, but do I really want to pay for a season of the Tick? You know, and that's the thing. I would love to watch it, but I'm already paying for Hulu and Netflix and cable and everything else, and it's like, uh... well, I would say this um, in my now. I don't watch some of the bigger Amazon shows like Man in High Castle and some others, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you what I've I've found that Prime is worth it for me because we order a lot of stuff off Amazon anyways, mm-hmm. and it gives me my Doctor Who stuff, which I don't if I'm not paying attention. Sometimes I miss on, on regular television. And so that's that those two are worth it. And the other thing that's really going to make it worth it, put it over the, the top, is that Stars has worked out the deal that Amazon Prime will get 
the streaming rights to American Gods, which oh, in God itself, <laughs> which in itself, totally makes that whole service worth it. So, thank you. That's the best news I've heard all day. You've just saved a man's life, JP. <laughs> I mean, so I mean, because if I had to go pay for stars just for that one show, which I used to do for things like, I mean, this is really where I'm hoping YouTube... I'm glad RedTube is failing, because I think YouTube will solve this problem because RedTube is failing. But if I had to go and... I, I used to buy three months of HBO just so I could watch Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and thank goodness yeah. I stopped watching that show because it was like I had to pay all this money to watch a show for three months and then stop. And it was, it was just ridiculous. Well, I do know a lot of people are basically taking a wait-and-see attitude with Star Trek Discovery. I think the news on the DC stuff is a bit new, but I expect that there's going to be a lot of people taking the same tactic, and that really is going to kill these services if everybody's just waiting and seeing because they're they need people to join on right away to get that revenue and if people are just waiting and hoping that the shows end up showing up somewhere else or end up on dvd somewhere even taking pirating totally aside which is another way people can get their hands on it i'm not sure that they're going to be able to succeed they probably have some built-in wait time lag time to get word of mouth i'm sure but i'm sure it varies from product to product and streaming service to streaming service well yeah i mean one of the things that i was joking around with my friends is we're like i don't know how cbs all access is lasting as long as it has just because of the <laughs> fact that star trek wasn't available for it you know back when it was supposed to be big brother's been very very popular for it i think that mm. because they do so much with the big brother like 24 hour streams and everything like that i think that single-handedly funded that whole channel <laughs> reality tv listen like it or not it's it's a thing so yeah um now i will say this i the real victims here are going to be the creators for these shows the good ones at least we don't really care about the creators of big brother but um (laughs) i mean the creators of these shows are going to be the real victims because they're not going to cancel the streaming service before they cancel the shows Mm mm-hmm and and I mean I it look at powers right powers just didn't do for Sony and PlayStation what they were hoping to do and I think that show has suffered significantly as a result. Mm-hmm. Also, another show that I'm really interested in, want to watch, but I'm not going to shell out <laughs> a ton of money to be able to watch. I watched the first yeah. episode because it was free, and yep. then I was like, eh, I could just read the book, I guess, again. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, I watched the first episode because it was free, just like Sam, and I still haven't mm-hmm. seen the rest of it because I don't want to shell out the money for it. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just an old guy, and I'm just like it off my lawn, and I don't want to change over to this new world, but it seems like this new world's a lot more expensive than the old one. Well, and I think eventually you're going to, it's going to get to a point, and like I said, I, thank goodness for Verve, where they're starting you're starting to get providers that are look we don't have to be the individual channels we can be the conduit Mm -hmm. and you're gonna get cohesive streaming services because if you paid for CISO and you know geek and sundry and everything else all as individual services you're talking about five dollars a pop right Mm -hmm. and you know verve is like well i'll throw a couple commercials in there and make half the shows free and then for you know premium content we'll you'll get you'll get them all for five dollars yeah and i think that's the only way you're gonna get any real traction i think we'll get there sooner than later what'll be interesting to see is things like twitch and again youtube and others will those begin to 
align to a more structured channel structure mm-hmm. where you're getting content that's that's being constructed for the audience right mm-hmm. um is that is that going to start happening i think eventually we w- it will to jump back to something that was mentioned a little while ago when we when community and yahoo screen was brought up that brings up another point that a lot of it is going to have to depend on the the technical aspects of it I, I went ahead and I suffered through Yahoo Screen to watch the last season of uh, Community. And it was a chore because the, their service kept crashing. You know, you couldn't, you'd have to, re, you'd have to reload two or three times, or four, four or five times per episode. So a lot, I don't know if the demand for Community was better than, was higher than Yahoo was expecting, or if they just went into it with bad servers to begin with. But that's something that... I is, is going to be a, a make or break deal for a lot of these streaming services. It, it, Yahoo was free, so I was mm-hmm. like, okay, fine, I can hit refresh, but I'm not going to put you know pay five or ten dollars a month for something that doesn't work. Yeah, and then it's about investment, right? Because yeah. Twitter, Twitter did invest in quality, you know, streamability, and then they paid ten million dollars to stream football last season. And then Amazon came in and was like, no, we'll pay 50 and knock Twitter out of that game. So now, even though Twitter streamed quite a bit of live content last year, they're just going to get pushed out by the Amazons of the world um, and they just won't be able to compete on price. So it's also about how much can you really invest in some of this content? I never thought I'd hear Twitter described as the little guy in a, in a fight. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's true. It's where they find themselves these days. So. What do we think about Teen Titans? Is it going to be connected to the other Berlanti shows or not? Probably not. I don't see how. No. I would have. I would have said if it was if it landed on TNT, no. And right. I think there because it would have just been too big a gap for them to cross. But I could see Berlanti refocusing now that it'll be in kind of a controlled environment. And listen, there's. There's a monetary investment for them to make it part of the Arrowverse simply because there's such a wide following of that universe. Um, and we see where on the DCA on the DCAU side, they sometimes pigeonhole stories into that universe simply to get people invested. I mean, mm-hmm. let's face it, the last two T Titans shows in the DCAU really didn't have to be part of the DCAU universe. They could have been standalone stories and yet they advertised them that way just so people would care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that at the very least, it'll be part of the Berlanti multiverse. So even if it's not Earth yeah. 1, it'll be Earth, you know, 50 or something, you know. So sure. they could always sure. have characters, you know, guest star on one show or the other through a breach or something yeah. like that. It would be very similar to like what they did with Vixen, where even though she had her own little series or whatever on the seed, when they brought her in, they still did the full introduction of her at the mm-hmm. same time. So. Yeah, and I think that because it's going to be a streaming service instead of on network TV, they can't do a crossover in the sense of what they do now because it you know has to you know do with being on the shows the week the week of you know the shows all flow from one to the other. So I think guest shots is probably the best they're going to be able to do with it. But I would not be surprised if we'll see characters bleeding from one show to another. That's where they're going to put the next major crossover is on the streaming service first. Right. <laughs> Well, and that's the other thing, though. That's also free advertising, too. If they can have any of the char- you know, the Titans show up in uh, Flash or Arrow or whatever, 
then it's like, oh, if you want to watch more with these guys, get the DC streaming service uh, where their series is going to be playing exclusively. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that might be a way to prop it up. Now, where I think this, my hope for the DC streaming service, my real hope is that it's a platform for Constantine to come back because that show was fantastic and it yeah. would probably do super well on a streaming service because you could tell a cohesive story the way we get out of the Netflix Marvel shows. Hmm. Yeah, although right now it's on CWC, the new Constantine. Right, right yeah. Right. Why no one's watching it. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and that's something well, to be said for these services. They could very well come in and be the heroes. If we'd had streaming services you know, when Firefly went off the air, we'd probably have gotten you know four or five more seasons of it. Yeah, that's true. Because yeah, I mean, you certainly don't need the numbers that you need on network TV to justify, but that's only if it's already established and it's not just one show or a couple shows propping up a service. Yeah. Right. Right. That's the concern that I have with all of this is that it's, I don't know. I, I see it all going really bad, but then again, (laughs) that's because I hear a lot of people saying things like I'm going to wait and see, I'll wait for it to show up on the internet somewhere. Uh, I'll wait for it to come out on DVD. And I was telling a guy, you know, we still don't have any of the Marvel Netflix stuff except for Daredevil Season 1 on DVD. There is no guarantee that any of these shows that are on streaming services are going to be on DVD because DVD profitability is going down. Less people are buying DVDs in general. So a lot of these services, you know, they might say, well, we're not making enough money off of DVD releases, so then we might never get Star Trek Discovery DVDs. So, you know, counting on a DVD release isn't the best strategy in this case. It's true. Why would I get up off the couch and put a DVD in the machine when I can just hit a button on my remote? (laughs) Come on! (laughs) 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 Sci-fi dystopias, we're just like a footstep away. (laughs) Well, and and physical media is just... It's not long for this world, right? I mean, we we're, we understand. Th- that's why none of us are running out and investing in 4K players. Because if they can't stream in 4K, we don't really care. Yeah. I still like having my physical content because I like having control over it rather than a service that can just pull whatever show that I want to watch and, and just take it down. But uh, I get that most people don't care enough to uh, invest in that. Oh, oh no, I totally dinosaur. agree with you. I, <laughs> I totally agree with you. That I Listen, I'm, I'm a Destiny fanatic, mm-hmm. and I went to pre-order my copy of Destiny 2, and they're like, well, you can't pre-order except for the digital copy. And I'm like, well, then I'll just wait. Thanks. I appreciate it. Because, you know, I still like having that physical copy in my hand, even though I know... 90% of the contents won't be on the physical copy. Right. So, <laughs> irrational thinking, but I still have still have to have that physical con- media in my hand. It basically yeah. just sums up the entire nerd community. <laughs> <laughs> right? I, well, there's always, I mean, this is off topic, but there's always going to be some market for physical. Uh, you can't get, for physical product, you can't get a Kindle signed by an author. So there's, there are always going to be books. There are always going to be DVDs to you know get actors to sign. They're just going to be niche items. I disagree with you. You can get an author to sign a Kindle, but the practicality of it is not <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, to ruin the screen. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, well, and that's a good point. I mean, just today I pre-ordered my copy of Oathbringer just so I could have Brandon Sanderson's signature in it because mm. why? Why do I need that? 
I don't. No, <laughs> because you're no valid or rational reason. But no, I think it is germane to this discussion, though, because it's another, it's another thought process behind having streaming services is, you know, uh, people are going to wait for the DVDs or, you know, people want DVDs for some of this content, etc. It is a form of competition, even though it is one that is kind of going away. This could be the best thing then for that physical market. DVDs could become collector's items. I mean, they're kind of that way now, in a sense, you know. Well, the the thing is, it depends also if the DVD comes with additional content, because yeah. I get really angry by DVDs that are just the movie or TV show and don't come with any kind of extras. To me, the DVD should come with, you know, either commentaries or documentaries or whatever, some sort of extra content uh, to justify it, because you can't get that content usually on whatever service actually plays the episodes. Um, and so that is why, you know, I think DVDs do still have a place. Well, and the interesting thing about DVDs that I find is we are all more than willing to pay this exorbitant crazy fee to buy a season of a show on a DVD. Mm-hmm. But like when Amazon asks me to pay for that exact same content in digital form, I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. Just give me a subscription. Why is it that we're so willing to pay subscription services, service fees and really only subscription service fees for our online contents, but to buy a package of digital media where all of us like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. That's ridiculous. I would have no problem if I could actually download the episodes to my computer and be able to play them from any player that I chose to play them. The fact that they reside on the Amazon servers and even after I quote unquote buy the show, you know, it, it's something I have to watch through them. That's what I don't like. I don't like giving the control to Netflix or whoever. You know, I'll only do that for content that Netflix has that I can't get elsewhere. I want to be able to have my media that I can play, you know, that I can have my own copy of, duplicate my own, you know, and be able to take it anywhere that I want to take it and watch it. That, to me, it's the control issue is why I don't like streaming as much. Sure. Sure. Well, and they don't like us doing P2P ser- services, so they don't want you storing it on your media server anyways, because, you know, anything they can do to avoid people using P2P services and torrenting. Right. But, you know, I mean, like, yeah. when I'm watching, say, for instance, I watched Alias way after it was actually on TV. I was watching it on Netflix, and they were pulling it just as I was getting to the last season. I had to hurry up and watch the last season before they pulled it. That pisses me off. That annoys me. Whereas if I could have just downloaded the Alias episodes and watched them at my leisure, I wouldn't have had to you know worry about that so that's just what it that's what it boils down to for me you won't have that problem with the cbs all access you can get anything cbs has (laughs) right yes which i'm sure is a lot of stuff but i i'm blanking on anything i really desperately need to see other than (laughs) i I would like to see star trek discovery (laughs) yeah i just i can't bring myself to do it i don't know how i'm gonna get discovery (laughs) Um, but I just, I, I, I just, I'm so pissed off at CBS for starting this trend for not putting any of their content on any of the like prescribed services at the time. Look, like, look, I know it's now proliferated and everyone's got their streaming service, Mm -hmm. but you could have gotten on the bandwagon when Hulu and Netflix came out and we all had a shell out for that. (laughs) I mean, geez, Louise. I wanted to ask you, though, uh, how did your moral quandary settle for Supergirl Season 1? I sucked it up and did watch it. um, Well, I watched about half of it live. Mm. So 
I, at the time, I, I didn't have a DVR because, um, again, I, I had really tried to get away from regular cable television. Mm-hmm. So I watched about half of it live and then I fell behind. And so eventually I just waited till it got to Netflix and fin- caught up there. And honestly, that's what I tend to do is I like right now I'm caught up on Legends only because it, it already came to Netflix. I get about halfway through the season and then can't keep up with the shows. And so I have to wait until they're on Netflix or hulu or whatever and get caught up that way mm. yeah it's, i don't know cbs is supposed to be the number one network but there isn't really a whole lot on cbs that i have any interest in i don't know if you've ever seen it but to plug another cbs show that's gone but person of interest was a great show and if that's gonna be on cbs all access and somehow you find yourself on there you should check it out okay but i think person of interest is on netflix oh well then go netflix and see it um and i yeah it was a great show i watched the first two seasons and loved it and then i fell out of it but the first couple seasons were fantastic it got exponentially better i mean they gave up any pretense of it of it being a procedural and went all in on genre towards the end well that's good yeah that's good (laughs) all right well does anyone else have any other burning topics that they want to talk about with related to these streaming services just that it's gonna happen industry science theater is great (laughs) <laughs> it is that's true you go right well there. and mystery science theater and, and being able to bring that back is a great example of what we can do with these streaming services because they uh you know that they, they are more focused on a, a smaller audience and they can sort of justify it when they have a broad base like netflix does netflix has so many different series so many different genres available so many movies available that you know it's it's a broad base they're going to yeah. get their money and so they can do these little niche things uh especially when it's a low budget thing like mystery science theater um but you know goes right back to my concern with these ones that don't really have the same kind of a base you know like dc especially that's a very niche group of people can you justify having two shows uh, of new content you know can you make them high quality productions and will people pay you know mostly for those shows because i doubt people are going to be getting the dc streaming service to watch old episodes of lois and clark i don't think that's going to be you know or small well smallville maybe but i just want to see see a trailer like yeah Yeah, i mean lois and clark was fine for what it was and i've seen a few episodes because it was on i don't know some channel that was showing reruns might have been Discovery Family or something. But, um, you know, I, I watched a, you know, a few episodes, but it's not really a show I need to binge. <laughs> and it certainly isn't worth $10 a month or something like that. It, it is worth noting here that Netflix, who was probably the first to do the, to do the streaming service, mm-hmm. uh, successfully anyways, um, that they, their marketing gimmick has been, you can have X amount free. They, they get you hooked. Mm-hmm. You know your first your first one's free, like any good dealer, and <laughs> so that's how I think a lot. I don't know about CBS All Access if they're going to do that or if they have done that, but I think the successful ones will end up probably doing something along those lines. You can try it for a month or three, and then you pay. Yeah, no, I think that that's probably that's probably likely, but. You know, people have already questioned CBS, and they've already said they're going to defeat people from doing the, you know, I'll just sign up for a limited time and be able to watch the show and then just drop the service, so... They also said Discovery would be out by now, so... Well, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. So, yeah, who knows? Everybody lies. (laughs) Yeah, if Discovery comes out in the next ten years, it'll be a surprise at this point. (laughs) 
All right, <laughs> but uh, Ryan, did you have anything else you wanted to say about this? No, just I am. I accept my new overlords. You know. <laughs> no. Jason, did you have anything else you wanted to say about this topic? Uh, no, only that. Again, I think the real victims here are—it's not even us, the viewers. It's going to be the creators, because eventually we're all going to get sick of this. And if you don't get a a curated site, that was the word I was looking for earlier. Mm. Curated. If we don't get you know folks that will curate this content for us, we're going to just end up you know resorting to Exodus and Phoenix and. The only people that really suffer at that point in time are going to be the creators. Well, yeah, it's worth noting that Brian Fuller pulled out of the Star Trek Discovery series and under mysterious circumstances, and it seemed like kind of like CBS was saying one thing and he was saying another thing, and it's sort of like piecemeal, like, oh, he's still on, and he's kind of now less on. and you That's know. only because, I mean, to hear his story it's just because he had too many you know irons in the fire Mm -hmm. too much going on at once and and i'm willing to believe that i mean the argument that this is bad for creators is true but then again to go back to the fact that this could save shows like netflix saved longmire it's also in some ways can be good for creators as well it's a double-edged sword sure sure absolutely and i and then the last thing i would say is is it could also like bring shows we don't really need like bill nye saves the world which is painful to get through so (laughs) it's a a dad joke in form of you know science sort of political science i mean it it's a great premise we love bill nye we love his message. He's just not entertaining anymore. It's yeah. painful. We need the Beekman's world back. Mr. Wizard. Oh. <laughs> I want someone to bring back Doug. Can we get, like, Nickelodeon? Can you bring back Doug? Of all the fantastic. cartoons to bring back Doug, really. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the show I need. <laughs> bring back you can't do that on television with all the original actors hey loose it would be like fuller house just with you can't do that on tv <laughs> or pete and pete like that would be fantastic right just bring back shows that were fantastic and no one appreciated them and then you you, you won't have a proliferation or viewership problem at all i mean it'd be great Nostalgia always wins. That's great. You still can't do that on television. (laughs) No, no, it just says like seriously, you can't do that on television. (laughs) Wait, it would be it would be you can't do that online now. Mm, Maybe that. That's what we call YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently you can do it. Yeah. (laughs) It turns out the entire premise for this is just just not even gonna happen. Okay, well, I think we've said all that we can about streaming services, so why don't we say goodbye and let everyone know where they can find us. Okay, Internet, uh, you can find me on this fine podcast, you know, probably half the time, maybe two times out of three lately. You can find me on Twitter at GeekStranger. You can find me, well, that'll get you to my Facebook, where I will be geeky and political, and you might have to poke me to get me started, but I won't stop when you do, so get ready. And hypothetically, I will have my website, GeekStranger.com, up and running with new content, you know, before Discovery comes out. (laughs) Now there is a timeline. I like that. I can stick to that, you know. Like saying I'm gonna read a book before G- GR, what you know, Martin releases one. Right. <laughs> don't get me started on that guy, slacker. <laughs> All right, Sam, why don't you sign out and let people know where they can find you? Uh, okay, uh, you can find me on Twitter at darling underscore Sammy S A M M Y, and uh, I've 
kind of downsized uh, my uh, hypothetical empire, and it's uh, it's basically just focusing on uh, that girl with the curls podcast right now. Uh, since I'm doing a couple of other things, uh, like I said earlier in the episode, uh, I'm the event coordinator for outs- uh, Outsider Comics and Geek Boutique in uh, Fremont, Washington. So you should uh, look up their website. Uh, we're trying to do some new things lately, so stay tuned. And uh, yeah, the I, I don't know when this is going to go out. So as of this recording, the next uh, podcast will be David Walker, author of such wonderful books as Nighthawk and Power Man and Iron Fist uh, and the forthcoming War for the Planet of the Apes uh, comic book series. So yeah, uh, do that. All right. And Jason, why don't you sign up and let people know where they can find you? Yeah, so I mean, I, you can find me across the internet at DJP or um, Jason Pottle. You just look there. There's a number of things that I've done historically over the last decade or so that you can find. Um, nothing particularly recent, but I do on occasion Twitch stream. So you can go over there and I'm at nerd underscore nonsense. That's also where you can find me on Twitter and, you know, feel free to uh, add me on playstation or whatever or discord or whatever so thanks all right well thank you all for being on the podcast today thank you thank you for having me and no problem glad to have you aboard jason and hopefully you can be on some podcasts uh, in the future too yeah anytime i miss this stuff i used to do it much more (laughs) all right And that is a wrap on this episode of the 42 cast. You may have noticed that some of the things that we were talking about happened quite a while ago. In fact, uh, there have been more announcements of streaming services. Two that have popped to mind that have happened more recently are that MGM has announced that there is going to be a Stargate-only streaming service. Uh, How they're going to justify a streaming service for just one series, I don't know. Uh, And of course, no price points have been discussed, but that is coming. There's also uh, Disney, which of course uh, has enough content to justify its own streaming service, uh, is doing its own streaming service. Uh, Netflix, of course, is worried. A lot of consumers are worried, uh, so we'll see how that one shakes up. But what I wanted to mention is that I realize that I'm really falling behind, especially when we have a back catalog of episodes recorded. So uh, my intention is to buckle down and get these released at a much more steady pace, especially these ones that are a little more timely, so that um, we get everything out there when it will actually make the most sense. So. 42 cash should be coming uh, more steadily from here on out. There's just been a lot of family stuff going on my side. Uh, I haven't even gotten started on the video game archive that I announced last week. Although I still would be interested if anyone out there has any connections to anyone that worked in the video game industry. I would really like to talk to um, anyone that was there in the 70s or 80s, uh, sort of pull their perspective on things. I have had two interviews already uh, with some people, but I definitely want to get to some of those untold or more obscure stories and sort of flesh out our understanding of what happened back then. So uh, I get this kind of a niche interest, but it is something that I'm getting really excited about, and I hope that some people out there are going to get excited about it too and that you'll enjoy uh, the Video Game Archive website when it does go live. Other than that, I'd still love to hear from you. Uh, There's all kinds of ways that you can do that. You can drop us a line at Twitter at at 
Cast. You can post on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash 42cast. You can also drop us a line on our website, which is 42cast.com. Uh, you can also email us at everything at 42cast.com. You can leave us a review on Stitcher Radio or iTunes. So there's all kinds of ways to get in touch with us. Uh, I'm really interested to hear what any of you have to say about the show, pro or con, uh, or just suggestions in general. I'm always looking to improve the show. But that brings us to the end of our podcast today. Uh, Join us next week when Reese Darby will not be joining us. And until then, this is Nathan signing off. You've been listening to the 42 Cast, copyright 2017. Got a question for the ultimate answer? Contact us at everything at 42cast.com. Theme music is Sharper Swords by Brandon Ellis. Check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com. Incidental music is provided with permission by Fur DK. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.